Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equip to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equip to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome back to another episode of Equipped to Be. I'm your host, Connie Albers. Now, I want to talk to you today about correction versus criticism. I mean, we have to correct our children, right? We have correction in all manner of our lives. I mean, people are always telling us where we're going wrong, how we can do things better, or how to do things, quote, right. And sometimes it is right. But what do we do when we're trying to get our kids to do something and we're trying to correct them and we actually end up criticizing them? That's going to be the focus of today's episode on Equipped to Be. I think you're going to enjoy this. Stick around. Parents are often asking me, Connie, what resources can we trust? What can we use? I mean, there's so much debate about textbooks and reading materials that are are solid and grounded and full of truth for our children. And, And I often recommend companies, and I'm excited to announce that BJU Press is partnering with ETB, and they offer a variety of textbooks, supplemental material, resources to help you to help you navigate the seasons of parenting, as well as homeschooling. BJU Press provides educational material, but the good thing is it's written from a biblical worldview, so we can trust the information that's written in the pages of their material, and that gives us a sense of peace, that we're not having to constantly view and verify everything that's written to make sure that it aligns with what you may believe as a family. And they focus on academic rigor. Because let's face it, we want our children to be able to compete in the arena of ideas. We want them to be innovators, entrepreneurs, thought leaders. So it has to have academic rigor, and that is something they strive for. Also, they encourage critical thinking. You know, we have to be able to rightly divide the Word of God. We have to be able to understand truths and be able to hear when we're being given information if it's true or not true. And that requires a level of discernment. So you teach your children how to be discerning. The good thing that I enjoy about BJU Press is I've known the folks over there for years, and all of their information is supported by appropriate educational technology. So if you're looking to supplement your children's education, if you're looking for some general resources or supplemental material, check out BJUPress.com and reach out to them. They're available to answer your questions. And we're just delighted that uh, BJU Press has partnered with ETB to help you as you are building strong families for the future. Okay, so let's start by defining terms. I was recently speaking in Canada, and I got asked this question often. You know, Connie, we all want to correct our kids lovingly and calmly, and but sometimes we just don't. We end up criticizing them or... We did an episode here on the podcast on comparison, and we talked about the dangers of comparison. And often when I write, y'all know I'm very relational, so I want to do things as gently, as kindly, you know, motivate our kids. I am all for that. But we are human. 
And sometimes we don't do it right. But let's just start talking a little bit about what's the difference at the root of it all. What is the difference between correction and criticism? Basically, it's the difference between one flows out of a heart that cares about the other person. And we're thinking about wanting to improve their actions, their behavior, their attitude. We're trying to help them get a better mindset going into something. Uh, Sometimes they need to be rebuked because they really are doing wrong. You can still correct your child because it's the motive from the heart that it's coming from versus criticism. It comes kind of like from a place where we feel like maybe we're getting attacked or we've said it enough or our kids just aren't responding to the gentle, positive, kind way, or they just kind of get sassy and they say things, they pop back off to us, maybe say things they shouldn't, and it hurts our pride or our ego. But criticism does not come from the same place as correction, and it doesn't land in the same place. Now, if you've ever read Parenting Beyond the Rules, Raising Teens with Confidence and Joy, then you know that I talk about let the words of your mouth land in a tender place of your child's heart. I've said that before on the podcast because words are powerful, aren't they? They carry a lot of weight. They build up or they tear down. And that's kind of like what correction does. Correction tears up. Criticism can tear down. Sometimes it doesn't. But depending on the child, depending on how you speak or the words that you construct that sentence with, it can land in a very rough place. So we don't get the desired outcome that we want. So what do we do? Well, in order to have positive results, we want to be careful with our tone. We want to be careful with the way we construct our sentence. We want to be mindful of the child we're speaking to. In our family, we have often gotten teased about this and When I was writing a new book, I wrote, what happens when your family speaks the language of sarcasm, which some kids do. I mean, they just, they're quick, they're witty. They have some good zingers and they can be funny unless they don't land right. And children don't often know how to do that. And I am going to cover what do we do about sarcasm a little later in the podcast. So make sure that you stay all the way through. But our criticism often comes across as fault finding or we're expressing our disapproval. Whereas when we look to correct, we're really aiming to lift up, to lift out of a place that our children are doing something they shouldn't be doing. We're lifting them out of it. So just get that mindset. We're lifting them up and out of it. Versus criticism is kind of like, nah, I don't approve of all of this. And I believe We can disapprove and show our disapproval and that there is anything wrong with disapproval. Like if your child lies to you, we're not going to be okay with that. I don't care what their reason, even if they're afraid and they didn't want to get in trouble, it's still not okay to lie. It's still, I don't care where you live, it's still not okay to steal because somebody else worked really hard for what they have, maybe a brother, sister, or maybe even from you. So we can still express disapproval without criticizing our kids. And I want to share with you five verses that are real helpful, and they all have to do with correction. So in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is breathed out of God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So even in God's word, it says we need 
correction. We need to be reproved or rebuked because we learn from it. In Proverbs 12.1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. That's the NIV. I love the ESV version, and it says, you know, it's a fool. When you correct your child, are they always going to be, Mommy, thank you so much for stopping me from playing in the street and getting hurt? No, they're not going to always appreciate it, but they can come to learn to appreciate your correction is from a place of love, care, compassion, because you want what's best for them. It's not because you're wanting them to make sure that they know you're not happy with their behavior, their actions, their attitude. They can know that you're not happy by that, even when you correct them. And then Hebrews 12, 11, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So when we correct our children, we are lovingly helping them change their direction. Why? So that they learn how to grow, how to treat others, how to conduct themselves in all manner of life. Dale Carnegie said, any fool can criticize, condemn, and complain, but It takes character and self-control to be understanding and forgiving. Think about that for a minute. We can all criticize our kids, our spouse, our friends. There's always something that somebody's doing that we can criticize. But are we doing what we should be doing? Is our goal then to lift them up, to help them, to show them maybe a better way or, or the right way? That has to be at the forefront of all of our thinking. And just think about this. Before you criticize someone, maybe you should consider what's going on in their life. Maybe they're dealing with some difficult circumstances. Maybe even your kids. Maybe you don't even know your kids are being picked on or bullied online or with their best friends or even in their church group. Maybe you don't know this because they're trying to keep it all in because they don't want you to stop them from doing those things. So they're tolerating certain things, but it's leaking out. Their negative behavior or bad behavior is leaking out in ways that are not okay. They're not acceptable. When you criticize them without knowing what's really going on, you're not seeing through their lens, their perspective. They're kids. Kids don't have the maturity that you have. And depending on the maturity level of your children, the age of your children, their social skills, their willingness, their temperament has a lot to do with it. A people-pleasing child will do almost anything to avoid getting in trouble. But a child who is a risk-taker, a child who is a natural-born leader, is more likely (laughs) to challenge everything you say and do. And they end up with lots of correction. So we want to spend some time focused on the positive and correcting the mindset so that there is a balance to helping them work through a situation that is causing the behavior that they're displaying so that we can come along and lovingly bring them along. Just be thinking about that, lifting them up and bringing them along. The quote about from Dale Carnegie, it highlights a very real difference between negative and positive behavior as it relates to like our relationships between us and our children. 
you know, criticizing and complaining, they are easy, especially, I don't know about you, but when I'm tired, boy, it's easy. Once I start down that criticizing, everything's wrong. All of my kids are wrong. All of their attitudes are wrong. And my kids are grown adults. I can still go on a criticizing frenzy and see all that's bad. Why my husband's so bad? Why the house isn't the way I want it? It just spirals. You got to stop it. You have to take your thoughts captive. You're the parent. You're the woman of God. You have to take your thoughts captive. That's an action. Take your thoughts captive. Before you open your mouth or roll your eyes or cross your arms or give your child that look, I want you to pause. And I want you to be thinking about how you can lift them up and guide them as opposed to letting them know how upset you are with them. You hear it all the time. I am a people person. Y'all know that. Very extroverted. And I am a student of people. I love watching how people tick and what makes them ticked. I mean, it's just something I do. I will go out and I will just people watch. I'll sit on the bench and just kind of watch. And I see the mom and dad who yanks the kid and yells at them, why did you do that? You know you're not supposed to do that. Making sure that it's in a volume loud enough for everybody within 100 yards to hear. And then I see the parent whose child has clearly thrown a temper tantrum, who has clearly not done what their parents have asked. I've watched that parent take that child's hand, squat down, getting on eye level, and looking at them to tell them, this is what we do. This is how we behave. This is how we talk. This is how we treat each other. And they're making eye contact, deliberate eye contact. Not, you don't do this, young man. You don't do this. It's, this is how we do things. One draws our kids to us. I mean, who wouldn't be? What would happen to you if the approach to you was to criticize? Well, you just didn't get this project done right. You didn't teach math right. You didn't cross all the I's and dot all the T's. You didn't live perfectly. What happens? The defense mechanism in you goes up because we want to protect ourselves. We don't want to be attacked. We don't want to be put down. We don't want to be marginalized. Oh, guess what? Our kids don't either. You know, life and death is in the power of the tongue. We have done several episodes on words, the power of words. How do we speak? How do we influence others? How do we get them to come along? Our spouse, how we speak to them. Do we always criticize them for what didn't get done and never see what they actually did? I have to tell you a true story. I am an observer, and I would often tell my husband all the grand ideas that I had or what we still needed to do, you know, to fix something that was broken and something that needed to be fixed in the yard or cleaned up or something. Meanwhile, he had been out working in the yard for, you know, five, six, seven hours, and all he heard was what he didn't do. And that wasn't what I was intending. Obviously, what I was intending was there's some more things we need to do. I wasn't intending for the words that I said to land negatively, but they did. And they do. And when that happens, notice I said, when that happens, we have to pause and say, I am sorry. I did not mean to respond that way. I did not mean to point out something that way. That wasn't my intention. I was frustrated. I was angry. I was hurried. I was tired. I was stressed. I was busy. Whatever the truth is, I wasn't thinking 
I was just irritated. It's been a bad day. I was mad at your brother, whatever it is. But I said to you, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? Can we try that again? I think I wrote about this in Parenting Beyond the Rules. It was a situation, I think it was with me and my son. I had gotten wind of something and I was pointing something out. And instead of me asking, it's like what I tell you guys. See, so much of what I share with you is, oh man, because I did it wrong. And I learned a lot from it. And I want you to have amazing relationships with your kids. I want you to keep the heart of your children in a world trying to steal it away. I still remember. I remember the car I was driving. We were going to a dental appointment. I just remember every aspect. And so I thought I was being so, you know, hey, trying to get information. And what I actually did was accuse. And he wasn't having anything of it. I mean, he was older and he snapped back. I would snap back too. Doesn't make it right? No. But understood, nobody wants to be accused. And the wall went up immediately. There was no more conversation to be had. I could talk to the wall because that's about as far as it would go. And I remember driving. I wasn't driving. He was driving. And I remember just sitting there thinking, that didn't go as I had wanted it to go. And after a few minutes of total silence, you guys know what that's like, I realized I was the one who started off on the wrong foot. And I immediately made the move because why? I'm the adult. I'm the parent. And I would always tell my children, to this day, my children are all adults. To this day, I'll still apologize. Hey, you know, I overstepped my bounds here. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean for it to come out the way that it, it came out. That, that wasn't the heart behind it. Or I am sorry. I wouldn't want to be accused either. I'd want to be asked. So there is power in the tongue. So what do we do? I want you to remember a couple of verses. Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has a power of life. This is the NIV version of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. See, when we correct our children and not criticize them, they learn to respond favorably, kindly, warmly, attentively to our words. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives. But those who speak rashly will come to ruin. And that's in Proverbs 13.3. Set a guard over your mouth. Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. Psalm 141, verse 3. These are things that we do. If we want our children to respond to our correction with a positive reaction and response, then these are the things we do. We don't let the dictates of our children, we don't allow our children's bad attitudes at the moment because maybe they just got hit by a brother or sister and you didn't see it. And I don't mean punched. You know what I mean. I, I guess I should spell it out. But, you know, they got in a tussle. They got in an argument. Their little brother broke their Lego set, whatever it is. And they were frustrated. And then you called them. And instead of saying, yes, mom, they're like, what? It happens. It happens every day. There's opportunities every single day for you to press that pause button and watch the lips that come out of your mouth. I want you to think about, you've heard this phrase probably before, our words are like a tube of toothpaste. And when you squeeze them out, you don't get them back in the tube. Once we say those words, we don't get to undo them. If we have a great relationship with our kids, then we do get to apologize and start over. But those words still sting and they still sit there. 
And it takes a lot more words to undo what we've done in haste because we were rash or we were quick to respond. So that's up to us. And next, what about the sarcasm? I have had people, it's really funny because my husband and my son are, are just, they're just quick. I can't think that fast to come up with a one-liner the way that they do. And I remember they are both so good-hearted and loving. They would, I mean, their heart's never to hurt somebody. It's just kind of like laugh at the laugh at yourself and the world laughs with you. They make fun of themselves as much as some of us in our family. And sometimes they'll get going. And as a matter of fact, it was recent. They had gotten going and I piped in and then I became the subject of their uh, whatever conversation it was, and I just looked at all of them, and I laughed. And I said, hey, I'm not fair game here. Sorry, find somebody else. And we just moved on. You can get all hurt and frustrated, and I don't care for it. I don't speak the language of sarcasm. My kids do. I am quick to say when I have done something wrong, and I'll, I'll make fun of that. Because if you learn to laugh at yourself and your imperfections and your shortcomings, <laughs> the world will laugh with you. But if you try to put on this persona that you're all perfect and you got it all together and you never do anything wrong, then the world's not going to laugh with you. They're going to laugh at you because they're not going to trust you or respect you. And that's same with your kids. But sarcasm is a form of language, and it usually involves irony, ridicule, mocking, or conveying contempt. Sometimes it gets out of hand. But when it's done with the right heart and it's truly lighthearted and humorous, you know it. The thing is, we have to teach our children that fine line, and some people can handle cutting up and kidding around more than others. And we're in a culture right now where everybody's so sensitive to everything, you can't speak a word or somebody's offended. I get it. That's why it's really important for us as parents to make sure we uh, are diligent about teaching our children when it's appropriate, if it's appropriate, if that's something that's part of your family language or not. And that's a personal decision. But I remember one time my husband was doing something, and we were actually laughing, and I had someone get after him. They just took it to an extreme. And I'm like, you need to lighten up and learn how to have fun. Because not all of it is dangerous and harmful, but it can be. It's a fine line. And that's something that you need to be very discerning about. Often with kids, and adults, you know, it can be misinterpreted, especially if it's in the text message or an email, and when there's a lack of facial expression. Again, if somebody is saying something, you've done something, and they're kind of criticizing you slash sarcastic, you can tell by the look on their face if it's like a real serious, I'm just trying to put you down and, and hurt you and harm you. So that can lead to a lot of misunderstandings and conflict, and we don't want that to happen. And that does tend to happen more when you have children that are very sensitive. By nature, they're very sensitive. They struggle with insecurity or inferiority, or maybe it's the perfectionistic child. And if something is pointed out that they're just not doing it perfectly, it really can emotionally harm them. And it can take a while for them to recover from it. It's good for you to help them learn throughout life that they're not going to do everything perfect. People will say things, but it's not a personal attack. You got to let some things go. You got to lighten up a little bit on some of this. Sarcasm can also be a sign of passive aggressiveness. 
a behavior that uh, people use is a subtle way of expressing their anger and their frustration. They don't want to directly like come out and say something, but they will say subtle comments. That is what you have to watch out for. And if you are mom and dad and you do this, you need to check your motive as well. Because you don't want to say a passive-aggressive comment to your kids because you don't know where that's going to land. And that that can create resentment and a tremendous amount of conflicts, especially if your child feels like they're being attacked or criticized. And then excessive use of sarcasm, guess what? It causes cynicism. It leads to negative and unhealthy mindsets, and it can affect your actual relationship between you and your child or between kids and each other. So we don't want to damage our children's self-esteem. We don't want to discourage them. We don't want to hurt them emotionally in any way. We want to strengthen our relationships. But as we started, and we talked about correction versus criticism, remember correction is biblical. We have to correct our children. We have to come alongside them when they are going in the wrong direction, when they may be hurting or harming each other or themselves, or they're not doing what you've asked them to do. And that's a hot topic, right? But you are the parents, and children are to listen to their parents. You're building a family that's going to do life together. And you do this by focusing on lifting up, not tearing down by putting a guard over your mouth and thinking about the child that you're speaking to, checking your own motive. If you're tired, tell them you're tired and you just, hey, cut it out, or I'm tired. That's not criticizing. Telling a child to stop it, that it's not a good time, we need to just get this done because we have a busy day ahead, that's not criticizing. I know you know the difference. And I want to encourage you, you can do great damage emotionally, mentally, and spiritually to your children if you don't have a check, if you are lashing out, if you speak rashly, if you have excessive sarcasm, you can hurt your relationship and that's not what you want. We want our children to have their hearts and minds turned to us and to the Lord. Yes, they're kids. Yes, they need to be rebuked. They need to be taught. They need to be corrected. No, we don't touch the oven. No, we don't go play in the street. No, we don't do these things. We pet the dog. We don't sit on the dog. I know this is an important topic. I speak about this often. The dynamics of your home are unique to your family. But when you keep these on the front of your mind, because it's something you have to do every day, you talk to your kids probably every day, hopefully, and they talk to you. We want to keep the heart of our kids. We want them, when we do correct them, to feel that gentle warmth of us lifting them up and helping them along the way, not tearing them down and showing them disapproval. I'm so grateful that you continue to tune in to Equip to Be. I hope this was beneficial. I know this topic was very important when I was giving it at a conference that I was speaking at. The principles in this is not just for our kids. I mean, it's for the people we work with, the people that we do life with, our spouse, our parents, our in-laws, those that we are walking alongside with, the cashier, the person who works at the restaurant, everywhere we go. We could easily be a critical person, but that doesn't honor God. And you know what? It doesn't make them want to listen to the words we say. And that's what we want. So remember what I told you. Let the words that you say 
land in a tender place of your child's heart, regardless of the age, from toddler to college kid to adult child living out and working on their own. Make them happy to see you. Make them want to listen to what you say. When you do it when they're little and you practice it when they're older, throughout their childhood, when they become adults living on their own, they want to hear what you say. And if you do have to say some form of correction, you know, I think you may want to consider doing this a different way. They're going to want to hear what you have to say because you've got a proven track record of building them up, helping them make wise decisions, correcting and not criticizing. It makes the world of difference in your future relationship. And that's what we have to consider. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Equipped to Be, and I hope it was a blessing to you. Love to hear your feedback. Make sure you head over to ConnieOpers.com. Subscribe. We drop the show every week, and we send one email out every week. Want to hear your feedback, comments, so write to us at contact.conniopers.com. We want to hear your feedback. If you have any prayer requests, if you are that person who's in that habit of not correcting but criticizing, let us know so we can pray for you. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.